This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 232. And the quote of the day is from Anna Wintour, who said, Create your own style. Let it be unique for yourself and yet identifiable for others. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming. And beyond, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope you had a good weekend. I uh, My mom retired over the weekend, or Friday, so I got to go spend some time with her and uh, just had a just had a really great weekend. So I hope you guys also had an awesome weekend. And let's get into this interview. The interview for today is Mark Kohlenberg and... Mark, I mean, I've got so many requests to have him on the podcast. I've been wanting to get him on the podcast for a while. And for those of you who don't know who Mark is, Mark is, I, I love, he's such a unique player and he blends a lot of hip hop with jazz and he's played with Common and he's played on, you know, a bunch of television shows and, and just a, like a super versatile player uh, and definitely has his own style and I he and I've never had never never met before never chatted before or anything so it was really great to get to learn more about him and share his story and his insights and all that stuff with you as well so without further ado let's get into it with the one and only Mark Kohlenberg Mark what's happening man thank you so much for doing this I appreciate it no problem thank you Thank you. I, I think I'm going to, I'll tell you this, uh, full disclosure. I, that's what I say to every single person when I start the podcast and I'm like, okay. and every time I'm like, I'm going to say something different and then it just comes out like that, but it's the truth. So I do really appreciate you being here. So I don't want you to listen to all the other ones and be like, man, that's the same thing he says to everybody. Oh, okay. Man. Cause I do. That's exactly, <laughs> that's I say the fun. same thing. Every time. <laughs> that's great, man. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, so you're in LA right now. You're on this. You're on this long tour, and we're going to get into that. Um, but for for the people who are listening, first of all, I've had numerous requests to have you on the show. I've been wanting to get you on the show for a while, so it's great to have you. I know that the audience uh, is is really happy that you're here too. But maybe there's some people who are listening who maybe don't know who you are. So let's give like a quick a little background of who you are, what you do, uh, who you're playing with now, and then we can sort of get deeper as we go in. Okay, great. Well, first, I would like to say uh, thanks to all the people who were requesting me. It means a lot, and I appreciate them. And um, there is a lot more to come in the future. And to the people who may not be aware or know that I exist, um, my name is Mark Kohlenberg, and I'm a musician, and I play drums and producing right but this full-on musician and i'm from st louis missouri um i studied music all throughout my schooling and uh i went to new york city and went to the new school university and um i then started uh i wanted i went to new york to play jazz but i was i grew up playing gospel and i played a lot of different other uh, styles and events and then when i got to new york um, I ended up being recommended for this common uh, tour, and uh, which was a hip hop thing. So then I had to. I was gonna say uh, common, the, I, common the rapper, not like a common tour. Oh right, right, right. <laughs> common the yeah. rapper, right. the actor slash rapper, right? Um, uh, and a bunch of other other things. But yeah, he he's uh, uh 
an amazing artist and and he kind of introduced me to the the world of uh, hip hop, that whole thing. And then I ended up working with Q-Tip and then I ended up still doing jazz stuff with like Kenny Garrett and Stefan Harris. And I was doing R&B stuff for like a male and uh, uh, just a lot of different pieces of, of music. So that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Like I'm just a musician who loves to explore all different facets of music. And when you originally got to New York, you weren't, you were looking for the for the big jazz gig, right? You weren't looking for a hip hop gig or or an R and B gig or anything like that, right? Yeah, pretty much. And it wasn't that I was even looking for a gig, so to speak. I really I went to New York to study jazz, and mm-hmm. I was really and how how old were you at the time? Like nineteen or something like that. Okay, nineteen years old. But when I when I went there, my agenda was to really learn the culture and the the language of 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 jazz like heavily mm-hmm. and that, that the new school that that program was all about that and it was still and at the time everything was evolving so there was parts of the program that wasn't fully worked out and there wasn't certain spaces for you know what I actually did because at the time it was uncommon for a musician to really be well-versed in other styles. Like, if you play jazz, you pretty much was a jazz musician. Like, you know, some guys would play jazz and then kind of play other things here and there, but they, they wasn't, it, it wasn't that they were proficient at other things. They just could kind of play it. But most people, like, if a jazz player played in, like, an R&B setting, it was so easy to spot, like, okay, you don't play R&B. Like, it was like, okay, you know, right. you can play, but you don't play R&B, you know, that kind of thing. So that was uncommon in that time. But when I got to New York, that was my mode of thinking already. Cause I had already started out playing gospel and really <laughs> living that lifestyle, learning, knowing the culture, knowing all the music and then even how it progressed. And like, you know, a lot of producers and writers started to incorporate the R and B style and it, it, that's always happened, mm-hmm. but the current way how it was happening then, with you know with technology and how it was arranging the music and the sound, you know, so gospel starts to change. So I started to learn R and B, like how to literally play R and B already. But then I just started to, I want to expand my music horizon. So that's where jazz came in, and so I was like, okay, I wanted to really study that and get into the culture. So when I went to New York, it was more about the learning the nuances of jazz mm-hmm. and really living it and learning about it. And then as time progressed, you know, I wasn't really looking for a gig. Though. That's the thing. I was just wanting to do it and learn about it. And, and that's why when the whole comment thing happened, it was a surprise. I, I want to touch on something that you said about uh, before, like before coming to New York, you grew up in the gospel scene. Um, so was it, how how strict was your household? Was it that it was just secular music, or were you allowed to listen to other things? Because you're a little bit younger, so I don't think that you're you went through sort of the stuff that maybe guys did like 30 years ago, where it was like you listen to gospel and you listen to gospel and then you listen to gospel. <laughs> well, it's weird because my mother was she she was cut from that cloth mm-hmm. of being strict like that, right? 
but she didn't really apply that to me. For some reason, she was very, she kind of stayed away. She didn't say anything. Really? She just let it happen. Like, mm-hmm. literally. I I don't remember one time, especially because I, I used to, just because of, like like I said, growing up in that world, I it was a thing. You, know, you, you knew, like, okay, you shouldn't listen to that music. But she never really put that on me, even though that that was the vibe. She mm-hmm. actually put that more on like my other, <laughs> like you know, other people in the family, but not me. And I don't know what what caused that, but hmm. so. But I was doing it anyway. I was just like, okay, well, you know, let me check out. I, I didn't know anything else, but then all of a sudden, once I got exposed, I was like sneaking to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> but after a while, once it fully just kind of came all out and I'm just listening to music. And I remember the first time that it really happened and she was just, she just let it happen. Like I went, she took me to the library and this is how, this is where I really got exposed to jazz. She took me to the library and she knew that I loved, that's the one thing that she knew from since I was like two, that I love drums. Like she knew that, like, okay, like this guy is some extra. It's not even like, (laughs) cause she didn't play. Mm -hmm. So it was just, she can look at me and and just see the passion. So did anybody in like, your family okay, play? No. Nah, well, my cousins they kind of they played, but they didn't like play, play, play. But they right. like drums. I mean, how did you how did you get into it? Just through church, and you were like, oh, I'll try these drums. Yeah, it was through church. I think my cousin he used to, uh, but I I was always gravi- gravitating towards the drums. But he used to see me doing that and pick me up put me on his lap and, you know, play the service with me on the lap. But he saw how, like, I was so happy and I always wanted to do it, like, every time. And when it couldn't happen, I was sad and I was just, like, stuck <laughs> at that, you know, the, the drum area. Right. So that's all I've ever known. I don't I don't remember anything else but that. And um, so... That was how it all started, but yeah. So when I when I went to uh, she took my mom took me to the library, I saw this CD of a drum on it, and I was like, "Ooh, what's that?" And then it, I saw Buddy Rich, and I hadn't heard of Buddy Rich. I didn't know what that was. I was right. like, "Oh, some kind of old drum thing. Let me check it out because I want to get better." And I listened to it and was blown away. I'm like, "Oh man, listen to the stuff he's doing. I want to do that." And I was. I was so happy. I was like, Mama, look at this CD, and I want it, please. And she <laughs> checked it out for me. And from then on, she just never really said anything about it. So it wasn't that she was necessarily endorsing it, but at the same time, she didn't stop it either. Right. So that's kind of how I grew up. I kind of grew up just with some liberty to check out music. Mm-hmm. And it really took off once I ended up going to this one church. It's this guy. He's an amazing producer. I mean, if you could find this stuff, you know, he could really be doing, like, a whole lot, but he's very, you know, picky, and he, he does what he wants, but he's an amazing producer in St. Louis, or East St. Louis, anyway. Um, but I ended up working with him. Uh, his name is Levi King. And um, once I started working with him, that's when it just, the world of music, like, blew up. That's where I really got a lot of my start in training and checking out music 
there like really like really like i I remember seeing a clip of you saying when you were younger you know at some point you were you got really serious about it and i was always serious though yeah yeah like it was always serious like that was that's my whole thing like it was never it was never a game to me (laughs) right never right even when i was little like i was upset that the service didn't turn out right because of the music even i was mad at myself a lot like oh man i turned the beat around and it was always a challenge for me to to get better the next time Mm -hmm. so it was always serious but when i the thing that when i got there the world opened up like as far as like how serious it can be and all the things that i can do because little do people know this there's a seen in St. Louis or and just in in the in the world and a lot of people came through that like um this is drummer Terry on Gully that connected to Levi King family uh this amazing bass player Carlos Anderson who's done a lot of stuff this drummer Charles Charles Haynes who works with Marcus Strickland and uh Michelle Digiocello and he's worked with most he's worked with everybody mm-hmm. he's from that area and came through that church or just that association um and even people like uh uh a lot of different drummers uh marlon browden he he's from that area montez coleman marcus baylor it's so many people that i can think of that kind of was in that that vibe that's all over the world now so that's what kind of and they play you know they're so so uh uh driven to be authentic you know so me being in that and seeing all that it was just like wow i didn't know that whole thing existed in st louis to that level like oh man these guys are touring the world like working with betty carter and working with like you know the greats Mm -hmm. it's amazing so when and when you say you're when you say you were serious about it were you serious about just getting better as a player or were you serious about like I'm going to make this is going I'm going to do this forever like this is my job this is going to be my job this is going to be yeah, my I never, career You know what's crazy I always say this I never knew that music could be a career cuz in school I wanted it to be but that never was presented to me like when I was in school I remember like every year it would be a time in school where there's pass out these I don't know career sheets and start talking about colleges or whatever in the future and they was like pick your your career and I'll look through I'll see doctor I'll see lawyer this accountant this um you know customer service represent I'll see everything and I was like where's music 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 and I never saw music I'll, I'll see it may say like entertainment maybe maybe but it wouldn't even say music. And I was just like, oh, okay, well, I guess music is not something that you do to make money. So I would end up picking something that I thought would make a lot of money. I will say, okay, well, maybe it's accounting. So I'll just check that off. I'm like, well, you know, I like money. You know, just right, thinking like, right. what else do I just like? That Accountants money? count money all day. I could do that. <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> that's, how, that's how I was thinking. So I all throughout high school, it never, it didn't become clear to me that that was even a possibility. So, uh, so when you say serious, my whole thing was like I wanted to be a good musician and work with great musicians. That's it. I just wanted the experience to be great on both ends, from the listener and from me being a part of it. That's it. That was, 
But that's it. I never thought about I wanted to make money doing it ever. Right. I didn't even know it was possible. So let me ask so, you this: if you if you by by that by that statement, I I'm curious to know if and I'm not I I hope that this doesn't happen and I don't think it will. But what happens in if ten years you're like, man, I'm just you know I'm not making I'm not really making a lot of bread, you know? Are are you? What, I guess I'm asking what type of person you are. Are you the person that would just keep playing professionally and be like, I'm not going to get a job. I'm not doing anything else. I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to play and whatever I make, I make, or would you be okay with working and, and playing as less of a, less of a career, more of like a hobby that makes you some extra money? Now, this is my, this is, you know, what I would like to, you know, and to answer your question, this is where I'm at with all this. And it's, 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 it comes from that same place that I've, I've always been at. Because, you know, when me, when me saying like, okay, I want to, you know, do music the best that I, I could, I, I had to learn so much. I didn't know that money had a lot to do with that. And me coming up, I didn't know that because I had to learn it. Because when I went to school, and it's not necessarily about money; it's more so about it's more so about information. Mm-hmm. But then it's also this is the key, you know. It's a lot of factors because you're looking at time, and then you're looking at like, you know, the information, and then the execution of all those things like because it takes time to once you get some information it takes time to develop it learn it and and know how to apply it but then when it's time to apply it that's where it's like okay the execution of it the depending on the level that you want to do it at that's where all those different areas the the, depending on the level of like okay i want to get this information that quick amount of time that's going to cost that's going to cost Something is going to cost you. Um, or if you're like, I want to be able to execute this music at a high level, that money is going to. Or I want to be able to learn, you know, music and and use the best, you know, equipment. or All that stuff is, is going to cost something. So I didn't mm-hmm. understand that growing up. But me understanding it now, then my question is, okay. It's just coming from the same place. Well, then, if I if I still want to do music, and this is the key, is to know that music in, in itself is a need and it has value. One. So if you if you know that, then the next thing is okay. Well, if there is no m- money being made, for me, the question is why. Right. So now it puts me in a, it, it it just automatically pushes me to another stance it doesn't erase the fact that it's and it's all coming from the fact that i w- love to and have a desire to to uh play music at a high level um and and have that experience of doing that and have other people experience the results mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. so be, be, so still coming from that place me the more i learn and the more i've i've come up and to see what's really it kind of automatically pushed me to okay well then not only do I have a duty to keep fulfilling that, but for me to, to fulfill that, I have to address some of these other issues that's going on. Right. So that's what it would lead me to do is to really kind of 
put to to still keep growing as a musician forever, but then also to do what I you know need to do to make sure that music can still live right and be great for everybody that's involved because mm-hmm. it's a need and it has and it's very valuable. And I think what you said too, you know, about it's if things cost money at the end of the day, you know what I mean? So like if you want good equipment or you want to record a record or you want to, you know, have a video shoot or something like that, like things cost money. So at some point you sort of have to say, okay, I, I gotta, I have to make money. So, you know, like I love playing, but if I'm going to do this as a career, I got to make money. I don't care if you're like, I like, I like, you know, making, I don't know. I like working on cars. If you are not getting paid, then you got to figure out something else to, to, to make the money. Right, and, and and also, like I said, the key to that is depending on what level. Because some people say, okay, I love music and I want to be great, but I don't necessarily want to be at the level of where masses of people are hearing it or, you know, people feel that, okay, what I'm doing is, you know, that they want to pursue it in that way. Because mm-hmm. some people, they like, you know, even like you say, even with like a car, some people, like, I love working on cars. I never want to do the business of like, Having, you know, having people take, you know, advantage of my services in that way, I don't want to do that. But I'll stay in my basement and or in my garage and work on this car. And if, if somebody down the road needs some help or something, I could do that. That's totally different. But even to do that, <laughs> they have to have the resources right. from something else to even be able to just think that way. You know, you have right. to somehow, you know, so that's just how life works. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. It does to live, you know, in this world. It it costs. It takes it takes resources from somewhere. You know, it's funny. You'll hear once in a while. You'll hear someone who finally gets to do what they want to do for a living, and they're like, "Oh my god, this is the most amazing thing!" And then they become extremely successful at it because they're like, "I get up every day and do what I love. Like that's why I'm so successful." Uh, and a, a lot of times that comes with musicians, but once in a while you do hear the stories of like the person that wanted to do this thing for a career and then finally got there and they're like, man, I liked it so much better when it was just a hobby, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I understand that too, because a lot of it has to do with the, uh, the business of it where, and it's, and that's where it's all twisted a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it's, people don't understand, uh, it really comes down to value. That's pretty much it. And, and, and how to treat other people with value or how to have value or know that value is important. Because it, it, it's like, a, it's like a, a circle that, you know, w- once you're in this circle, it's like, you're going to get hit by some angle of it because you're in the circle and either you really want to be in there or you don't. Mm-hmm. So, and, or either the circle it, itself is not right, you know, but I, what happens is, so you'll have somebody that's like, okay, you know, I, I used to love music, but now that I'm doing it as a business or at this level, I don't really like it anymore. Some of that could be the, the, the music industry itself is not right. Mm-hmm. Some of that could be that, or some of that could be that the guy, you know, in in the industry is how the value is is placed from the people's perspective. Like some people are great in their basements, 
But when they get in front of an audience, that's a different thing. You know, mm-hmm. that's a <laughs> so even just to have people be in a situation where people are in certain bands say, saying, I don't really like what you do or this is not working. Mm-hmm. And it starts to get like, man, or for you to have to say, OK, well, for me to to work now, I have to not do I can't do everything I want to do. I have to kind of do these things that I don't even want to do. You know, then it's like, man, this is not cool anymore. You know, that kind of... I was going to say, or, you know, people don't realize just how hard it is. That too. You know, and they're like, man, I didn't know that it was going to be this... I didn't know that it was going to be this uh, this much work or this hard. I thought it was, was going to be really fun. <laughs> exactly. You know? Exactly. But this is the key. That, and that's, so that's the thing. I, You know, even me, I tell myself this all the time. Like, man, it wasn't fun at any part of my life it turns like it wasn't about the 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 fun was getting better the fun was learning or overcoming all these different challenges and then seeing the results of that so then that's why it's tough because a lot of times you know with social media and, and even tv how things are portrayed it looks like people have all this fun and they didn't really do all that work But in reality, it doesn't work like that. So that's why I have to keep even reminding myself, like, if I am having a challenge or if I am, you know, going through a period where it's like, okay, I have to overcome something. I have to remember what I've already done and how and what the reality is. It's like, okay, the big, you know, the the fun is going to be once I get over this hump. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be like, oh, okay, I did. I just have to keep my vision clear, which is tough, like I said, when you have a lot of other perceptions that may suggest that I for some reason should be already just having fun and I didn't go through this process right <laughs> and I think that's the key word is the the process you exactly. know it's like yeah. you got to go you got to go through those trenches you got to go through that process This session is brought to you by my friends at DW Drums. And if you are in the LA area, I suggest go up and checking out the factory. And if not, you can find out all about them at dwdrums.com. And they have been a sponsor. They signed on for all of 2017 as well, which I'm super thankful for. They keep this podcast free for everyone. And they support all sorts of drumming initiatives like this all around the world. So be sure to check them out at dwdrums.com. This session is also brought to you by my friends at Promark, and Promark has just released the new Matt Halpern signature stick, and they also have recently released the Mike Portnoy and the Rich Redmond. They have what's called Active Grip Technology, so Active Grip Technology gets, as your hands heat up, the stick actually gets tackier in your hand, so you're not going to lose your grip on the stick. So check them out. It's a really, it's a really cool thing that they've invented and, and it is really uh, making some waves out there in the, in the drumstick business. So check them out and learn more at promark.com. We're right around the holiday shopping season. So if you are looking for great customer service and a great drum shop, check out drums, etc. Com. You can also visit them. They're in Lancaster, PA, but you can also go online, drums, et cetera, etc.com, or give them a call, 
drum and these guys the service is amazing the selection is amazing and they're a small mom and pop shop so if you call and order something from them the guy who takes the call takes the order is going to be packing the box and they'll they'll answer any questions that you have and i've been using drums etc for years i actually went to college with the owner's daughter so like i said i really it's a really great pro shop it is a family-owned business and they've been doing it for a long time and they know what they're talking about even if you have some hard to find parts and things like that give them a call 1-800-922-DRUM and they will be happy to help you out check them out drumsetc.com now let's get back into it with mark kohlenberg speaking of, of process i want to shift gears a little bit and talk about shedding i want to talk about sort of idea development how that works for you uh how you approach that sort of thing in the practice room uh you know just when you're when when you're getting to that into that creative space how one how do you get there how do you practice that stuff how do you how do you shed ideas that you have or develop new ideas Whew, man. that's a loaded question man you have, you have 15 seconds no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> and go <laughs> oh man <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! That's funny. Uh, well, I'll say this: it all starts from the intent of where you know, for me anyway, where I'm trying to go, you know, what I'm trying to do. So it really depends on the situation. So say, okay, so when you say creative and developing ideas. From what standpoint? Like, are you talking from like solo standpoint? I'm talking ideas, about like from from like zero to one sort of thing. So like when you let's talk about maybe when you're in the practice room, right? And you sit down. Practice, okay. Right. What do you practice? What? How do you practice more specifically? Because I'm I'm less concerned or I'm I'm less interested in what you practice and more interested in how you practice and the approach that you take to practice so that other people can take it. You may say, oh, I work on my paradiddles every day. And somebody may say, well, I've been working on my paradiddles for the last 10 years and I'm cool with them. I want to work on something else. But the approach and sort of the, the mindset and, and the how of, of the things that you're doing, I think are extremely, uh, I think they're extremely important to know. Okay. Um, I, I've, I've developed a lot over the years. And that's why, I, you know, in learning, I'm learning that it 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 keeps evolving and it never stops even with, with practice. So like coming up initially, I never thought about practice. That word didn't exist. It was, I didn't, because in some, on some levels, that word can be very limiting in how people think and how people learn. Like just, you know, it's almost like, if someone asks, like, how did you learn how to speak your language? Right. You didn't, people didn't necessarily practice. They lived it. Like, it was just a part of life. It was like, you wake up and you're around people that are speaking the language. You turn on the TV or you read a book. It's just always in your face. And you're always consuming or, or being, you know, a part of this experience. Of, of this thing that's happening. And that's how, that's how it started for me. So I never really left that way of, of uh, growing in music. So what happened was once I started to say, okay, 
I see something that uh, I want to do or I want to learn, I just kind of got into that same kind of mindset. So say I remember like when I was trying to um, learn how to do doubles on the kick drum, like ba-boom, 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 like do that. Once I heard that, my mind kind of just kind of, and all of me just kind of gravitated towards that and listening to it, hearing it. Every so every time I said that, even I wasn't even sitting at the drum sometimes. I'll be in school at the dinner table and my foot would be working out that that technique. Right. And, and I wasn't even, I didn't know the name for the technique. I just heard the sound and I was trying to really just work at it. Mm-hmm. And then over time, all of a sudden, you know, the results are, you know, I, I remember when I'm like, look, I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. And that's how I kind of approach everything. I just kind of like, I don't really, I, I could say I practice, but you know, some people like practice eight hours a day, but I'm like, I never stop practicing. Right. It's, I'm always, everything yep. is, I'm always, it never shuts off. It's always a, a growing living thing that I'm in. That reminds me of they, so they did a test with basketball players and they took <clears throat> one group of people and they had them shoot from the free throw line. They took another group of people and just had them think about shooting from the free throw line. And then they had another group of people um, not practice at all. And then they did that for, I think it was like a week or two. And the people who didn't practice at all obviously didn't get any better at all. But the people who thought about shooting and making the three the free throw progressed like 65%. And then the people who actually shot the ball progressed like 55%. Wow. So the people who are actually thinking about it, not act, not even going through the motions, but just physically thinking about taking the shot and vi- and visualizing making the basket in, actually improve more than the people that were actually taking the shot. It's pretty wow. crazy. Wow. That's crazy. So it reminds me of, of just of practice and and how how strong one of just doing it sort of subconsciously while you're tapping your hands and your feet and things like that but also just the concept of always thinking about rhythms and thinking about things in your head and how it's going to translate on drums and you sit down behind and it's sort of like oh it's it's start it's sort of like already there you know it's already and and a lot of that when people don't realize with that is you know what's going on in someone's mind sometimes people don't realize like how much of thought that's geared towards something. Because that's what makes it hard for people. Like, some people are engrafted and really committed on certain ideas that has nothing to do with music. It may be something else that they're just always thinking about and they're doing that. But then, you know, say 20% of the time, then the music pops up and they're like, yeah, I want to do music. Oh, yeah, I want to do this and that. And it's this struggle, like, how come I'm not really progressing? And some of it may be is like your heart is not there, like your mind is not there, like it's not something that you really, really, really want to do to that degree of what you're seeing someone else do. And that's a tough thing. And that's why I think it's just it's a lot of miseducation because a lot of people do that. I, I remember I had one student who was co- given, you know, I was giving lessons to. He was coming in, and he could kind of play. I was like, okay, he can play, you know, but I would give him something to work on. And I know how I am. Like, okay, you you have this opportunity. I'm like, me, if I have an opportunity, you give me something to work on. When I come back, it's gonna be like t- done times a thousand. Like, right. I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna really go in. But this guy, after like three lessons, I gave him something, and I can tell he didn't practice it. I'm like, man, you know, what are you doing? Like, this, you know, it's been like a 
three weeks and you didn't touch it? Like, what are you doing? And he was like, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And I got, I'm like, I understand, okay. And I, from what he told me, I didn't hear the desire for him to really, you know, progress like he was saying. I didn't really get that from him. So I'm like, man, what do you, what do you really want to do? So say when you go to college, like, what are you going to college for? Mm-hmm. Then he told me, he was like, well, I play another instrument. Like, I play vibraphones, too. I'm like, oh, okay. So he said, he said I'm going to go to school for that. And I'm like, okay, now, that told me everything. I'm like, okay, so here it is. You're taking lessons from me. But when you go for college, which is like a major investment in your life, you're going you're gonna to take for vibes. all that. For vibraphones, I'm like, so what that means to me is, why don't you just take all your money instead of – you know, us taking all our time doing this, which is wasting your time. Why don't you invest it into Viraphones? Like, you shouldn't even be doing this. Like, do that. But in his mind, maybe I can't make a living doing that or that's not going to bring in enough money or whatever it is that, that that causes someone to not pursue their real desires and passions. Right. That's the thing that that makes it tough. For people in life, you have people doing stuff that they really shouldn't be doing, or don't, or they really should, don't want to be doing, or, don't, or yeah, or do, exactly all that kind of stuff. Well, so, I think there's like, I, go ahead, I don't want to interrupt you. No, 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 go ahead. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I was, I, I was just gonna say, I think there's like a negative connotation where, like, if you want to play the drums and and you're not gonna be like, you're not gonna be the next like whoever, and you you're not gonna do, you don't do it professionally, or you don't do all these major tours and everything, like then you're not a successful musician or you're not, you sort of like don't deserve to be in the arena. And I think that's, I don't, I don't like that. And I've actually been like recently, especially been being like more and more vocal about it that like, you know, you don't have to be on tour 250 days a year or even play professionally to like, to be, to be a successful musician. You know what I mean? So like, I think there's this unfair pressure of, of like people looking down on people for saying, Oh man, well you're not, you're not like, you're not dedicating your entire life to this. And it's like, well, I got other things I like too, man. Just let, I just want to play drums, right. you know? Right. Exactly. You and know? that's, that's why if people understand their real, you know, expectations of where, where they're trying to, trying to be, mm-hmm. then it makes more sense because it's like, they, there, w- there won't be as much frustrations, you know, if it's like, you know, like I'm trying to accomplish this, I'm trying to accomplish that, and it feels like I can't do it. But at the same time, the key is, do you really want to do that? Because right. that's the thing that I always want to just like, what do you really want to do? It's like, if you really want to do this or that, then don't quit. Like, keep keep going and, and you yes. can do it. And yeah. there's nothing that can stop you. This but, is not an excuse to give up. This is exactly. an excuse to say, if you don't want to do this, you don't have to do it. But if you do want to do this, then you all the days that you don't feel like practicing and it's hard and you want to give up, you got to keep pushing forward. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. So uh, I want to be cognizant of your time. So uh, last question. What if, if I came up to you and I said, hey, man, um, you know, I'm 18. I want to do this. I want to do this professionally or whatever. I'm 19, 25, 35, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, I really want to do this professionally. Uh, what what's some some sort of some three points that you could give them to really uh, lead them in the right direction? Okay, three points. One, and it's tough. It's it's, it's a lot of things to consider. Um, but 
I'll say this just for starters, even if you're in a situation where, say, you're living in a town, your local town, and music does not exist, that's your starting point to to start creating. I'm pretty sure it may be, if it's just one other person that plays something that you can connect with to 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 play, just to play, do that and be the best that you can at that. And mm-hmm. and really utilize and if it's if it's and if it's say nothing there, no one there, then take all your energy to creating the world of music with what you can do. Like I kinda had to do that a little bit. Like in my basement I would like have my headphones, have all my music and practice to it and like we were talking about thinking and really in my mind creating this environment of being what I wanted to be. And that's where you start. So, and then in that, if you are in a town where like people, you know, different groups come and all that stuff, immerse yourself in the world of music as much as you can. One, and, and take advantage of all the local opportunities that you can, because that's really, wherever you go is really going to turn into a local opportunity. Right. If wherever you live, no matter if you live in New York where, you know, they say, it's all this music there and it is a Mecca, but I'm saying it's still like you still have to be able to know how to approach getting into the environment and immersing yourself in the environment and knowing how to overcome the obstacles of doing that. So I would say start locally wherever you stay and, and and do the best you can one. And then two, once you've ready to, once you've done that, you know, and you feel ready to, to move forward, then um, it's like move forward and you do the same thing again and you just keep keep doing that. That's really the things I would say to, to take advantage of and to keep in mind is wherever you're at, like start there. Mm-hmm. So if you're in school, it's not it's not about, you know, because I hear a lot of people say, well, the band is not good, the teacher's not good, I don't have this, I don't have that. Like, hey, it's about the desire that you have and you doing all that you can do, so, and even if you're playing with other musicians who are not the best or this, that, and other, then you'd be surprised. Like when you show up and you're on your stuff, a lot of times it pushes them to like, oh man. Or if nothing else, you you're known for being that guy. So mm-hmm. if someone does come to town or someone hears your name, they're going to hear it in this way. They're going to say, man, that guy right there, he's really you know, good, or he's really serious. And that right there is going to take you a long way. So just taking the time to develop your your reputation, your name, and your local, wherever you, wherever you are, I would say that's step number one, you know, and then obviously not give up and, um, and just have a vision for whatever you want to do. You know, I would say that would be the third one, like, or the, I would say start locally, Really, I'll say in this order, vision, get, really get a vision of what you really want to do, like whatever that is, like really get that. Then two, you know, start that locally, wherever you are. Mm-hmm. And then three would be to when you're moving on, wherever you're going with it, to not give up. I like it. Mark Hollenberg, thank for your time, man. I appreciate it. I really do. I know that you're extremely busy, so uh, it, it was definitely a pleasure to have you. You're welcome back anytime. I'd love to have you back anytime. So, 
Yes, I would love to be back. Thanks, and it's, it's so much we can talk about, and I look forward to to more conversations, and hopefully the next time we can even, you know, talk more actual drum, <laughs> like about parts of the drums or whatever, right. or, you know. No man, that's whatever, what we're here. Whatever. We're we're here to we're here to talk about everything. All, all of it. Three three sixty. So we talk about everything here. So that's what's up, man. I had a great time. Thanks a lot, man. It was it was my pleasure. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, safe travels. I know you're on the road now, so safe travels. And I will link up to everything that not only what we talk about, but ways where people can learn more about you, get to your website, all that stuff. I'll put that in the show notes so that people can find it as well. Okay, great. Good deal, Mark. Thanks again, man. Be safe. All right, you too. Thank All you. Right, see you. Bye. So there you have it, the one and only Mark Kallenberg. I hope that you all enjoyed it. For all the show notes and everything that we talk about in the podcast, you can visit drummersresource.com forward slash session 232. Also, if you get value out of this podcast, I have a huge ask of you. I ask that you go to drummersresource.com forward slash support and pledge to support the podcast on a monthly basis and support starts at a dollar a month and you can go up to as much as you want but every little bit helps so if you're thinking that your dollar doesn't help or your two dollars a month doesn't help it definitely does so please check out drummersresource.com forward slash support and if you get a ton of value out of this although the one dollar and two dollars helps I ask that you consider one of the higher subscription tiers. Also, you get some gifts and you get some uh, insider information about the podcast. If you donate enough, we get on a call once a month. So there's a lot of cool prizes and incentives on there as well. So you can learn all about it at drummersresource.com forward slash support. And as always, thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And I will be talking to you soon. Peace.